Ahoy hoy, it's the Stupidly Small Podcast for Tuesday, December 16, 2014. I'm Stuart Farrell and over here is Lauren Clark. Hey, Loz. Hey, Stu. I wish oh, people could see you? that every time you do that little intro, you rub your hands together like a, do I? Like a little boy on Christmas morning. Well, I was pretty excited. I've been silent. It's only these 20-odd minutes a week or a day that I'm allowed to speak, so... Is that right? Mm. Are you under some kind of... Unless I'm driving through a drive-thru or some description where I have to communicate. It's a strange life you lead. It's a strange time we've had in the last 24 hours, speaking of weirdness. It has been very strange if you've been following the news happening overnight in uh, Sydney, Australia. It's been a very... Um, look, it, it's been one of those times where contemporary media... Uh, really tests its limits, wouldn't you say? Well, I think it uh, it pushes our limits. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think they're being stretched. The, the only thing they're being stretched about is the amount of time they've been on air with very little to report. Very little to report, and the rumours that started happening. We're talking about that's now called the Sydney siege. What what happened in Martin Place? Uh, overnight or yesterday and overnight, uh, and it, and it's it's a quite horrifying thing. No matter which way you look at it, but just just the media reportage of it, rather than the actual event itself, is is something that uh, I, again, when you when you watch something like this unfold, you see the rumours start to happen really early on on social media and in the mainstream it's media because there's a lack of facts, isn't there? Yeah, but it's also like, why do we need what is it? A, about us, where we need facts. Um, when the, I actually think that the police operation looked like it was fairly uh, sensibly run. You know, it, they were being very careful of the way things were m- reported to media. There were some, there were some uh, good examples of journalism happening as well. But uh, some of the, uh, some, and then of course. Social media doesn't get off the hook either because as somebody pointed out yesterday, isn't it interesting how many um, – how uh, it, it's sort of fascinating how Twitter has so many experts on sieges all of a sudden. You know, everybody was an expert. Everybody had a theory. Everybody – that sort of citizen journalism, it's almost like – People in lounge rooms become citizen journalists. Well, it gets reported by, and we've spoken about this before, yeah. the, the the media that we used to consume or the only media we used to have. So, I mean, yeah. it's becoming reported as the news anyway. So if yeah. I'm sitting there going, oh, look, this this looks like it's going to go bad yeah. and uh, my thoughts are with everyone and I hope the the gunman yeah. and his accomplices or whatever yeah. turn themselves – like that can be reported because I'm feeling yeah. some stress about it. Well, one of the best examples of that yesterday was the fact that there was a hashtag that started, that's now famous, that started in a really grassrootsy kind of way where uh, somebody was on a train, I think, and a woman near her started um, taking off her, um, I think it was her hijab, and um, and she said she sort of chased after her and said, hey, 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 don't worry, I'll, I'll ride with you so that you're safe. She reported this, then I'll ride with you became this hashtag. For about half an hour, it was this great, really well-intentioned sort of grassroots social media thing. And after that half an hour, the uh, mainstream media took over and decided that they were going to um, report on this all over the place and it was, you know, trending all over the place and stuff. But actually the mainstream media was part of the reason why this woman was feeling so hounded that mm. she needed to get the hell off a train in a, you know, in a street in Sydney. In Sydney. Like it's, it's, it's sort of 
it chases its own tail. The 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 media and the and the social media do this little dance every time. We see it every time. But the social media then also um, back is a backlash on there about that hashtag now. Oh yeah, everybody. People are being very cynical about it. Yeah. So it's it's come full circle. That's right. And uh, I mean, when you see, you know, uh, I'll ride with you. Sponsored by Holden. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's that's it. I'm, I'm not saying that has actually happened. No, but it'll it'll be a hashtag, you know, you know, on Sydney trains or something. And I just love just one more thing. I just love the way, you know, what's it called? What's it called? ABC Twenty Four. They they were just they just kept a camera on a building for, for twenty four hours, yeah. and they kept saying things like we don't know uh, any of the details about what's happening inside the building. We don't know any of the details about this. Obviously, there are some. Uh, reports that X, Y, Z, unconfirmed, don't mean anything. And then they said they, they've obviously been taught in journalism school to say, speculate, speculate, speculate. But what we do know is. So is it, do you think they're just waiting just in case, like is it a, 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 almost a FOMO type of arrangement? Like they, if something goes up, yeah. Yeah, like if, if a, a bomb wants to go off or someone wants to get shot or people just start running out of the building and yeah. they managed to escape because yeah. the guy you know fell asleep. Yeah. Um, do you think it's not being there that would be worse? But they could have the cameras there. They just don't need to show it live. Well, they could go to other stories, for instance, because there are other things happening in the universe at large, mm-hmm. and then go back when something happens that needs to be reported. But they're so terrified that they're not going to be – and also people were following it throughout the day. So it's that idea of, oh, we want people to be watching us. We don't want them to be tuning in and seeing a story about – you know, whatever else is going on elsewhere. Mm. But it, it's, I just noticed that there were lots of journalists going, what, what we do know for certain is <laughs> at the end of a whole big thing about speculating. Yeah. And the thing that they knew for certain was something like, oh, what was it that they kept reporting that they knew for certain? That there are up to 30 hostages in the building. You know, like something that was barely even a fact if yeah. you squint really hard and think about it. Uh, so anyway, everybody has covered themselves in glory over the last... Well, especially the pro-gun lobby in the US. That's the one that's sort of stuck out to me because they're using this as a um, a platform to say, well, you know, Australia, uh, do not let their citizens arm themselves mm. and we would never have had this problem in America. Well, would, would, that's true. They never would have had a problem like this in America. <laughs> no, they don't have shootouts. Or, <laughs> okay. no, I mean, they always end well, don't they? <laughs> they do. But to and use this as that as their uh, launching point. You know what that is? That is uh, cynical and disgusting but it is also something that really makes me worried because if that penetrates into discourse in this country, mm. surely it can't. It couldn't. We, we, we've, I mean, we, we may be jacking up uni fees. Yeah. We may be uh, giving corporations more power. We, you know, the budget doing everything, yeah, is in exploding And all deficit. that stuff. Yeah. We may be doing everything that, that, that we should have learned from America, not to do, you know, pay for health care, the whole works. Yeah. But I, the, I pity the government that wants to introduce... Uh, you know, firearms concealed into weapons. yeah, concealed weapons, licensed yeah. concealed weapons into mainstream Australian society. I think that would have to almost that would do a Democrats on you and destroy your party, surely. Do a Democrats do on a Demo- you? But you know, you you mentioned cynical celebratory type yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. <clears throat> Aside from yesterday's hullabaloo in, at uh, at the cafe, mm. it was also a, a, a terrible day, and my one of my worst days of the year. Oh, and I've, I've mentioned this, this is before. for you personally. Personally, this is now right. I'm bringing it back to, to the personal. This is we're, we're taking out of Sydney CBD. Yeah, and just uh, it just into this is not a comparison. I just, a, it just no gets comparison. Me, I'm just getting no, no, a little no. bit worried. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping right away. I'm just using the fact that you you mentioned the word cynical and celebration. Okay, okay, right, right. yeah. Um, because I get cynical when I see these celebrations, oh, and that's the day 
yeah. that the VCE results come out. It's always a sad, sad day for myself. Why? Well, it just it's the, the one day that it's like, uh, you know, I, I missed out. Or I, I, it's it's the day that reminds me that you didn't put in enough. Is that right? Yeah, I, I hate it. Really? Yeah. Seeing Why, all these bright remember, young things. Do you remember the, the day you got your VCE results? Oh, yes. Very much so. Lying, uh, I think, had a mate on the ground next to me. I was in bed. We'd been out all night somewhere. You know, we just, you were young. We'd just been out doing what young people do without jobs. Yeah. And uh, I think my folks expected me to do well. And my, and back in those days, the results were printed in the newspaper. Right. And I always remember my dad walking in, opening the bedroom door and just throwing the paper at me and says, there you go, party animal or something. And uh, I, I passed, but, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I could have gotten into um, anything. All right. So uh, because it was a classic case of not knowing what, what I wanted to do. Mm. And so, not, so it's very hard to study for something you don't know what you want to do. Do you mm. understand? Like to have that motivation or just complete disinterest in school. So anyway, this whole day. So you really feel that every time you see Well, see I it. sort of think back and go, well, you know, I could have probably done a hell of a lot better. I mean, I, I passed with some decent marks in some subjects without study. I mean, I was out dancing the night before my <laughs> English exam and got, I think, an A or a B plus, you know. Like, well, yeah. um, so it, it does bring to, to me a bit of sadness so in the heart. Do you have then, are you jealous? Is it that feeling? Is it like, mm-hmm. oh, I wish I could be those guys? I think it's more or- regret. Right. You know, I mean, I think it's regret. Yeah. I'm, I, I look at them and go, uh, Schmendrix, whatever, good on you. But um, uh, it's more like uh, you've probably... What's Schmendrix? I don't know, Schnurdles or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Schnurdles. And, uh, and it's good, but it's, at, at the same time, it's sort of nice to see, I suppose. I'm starting, the ice is starting to melt around the, um, the cardiac box, but it's just sort of <laughs> a bit of a... It's still a, a tough, not a tough time, but an annoying time. Yeah. It's, it's almost anti-Smug and Freud. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it was reminding me of Smug and Freud. Well, it's... Smug and Freud would be if I was watching the video of all the kids that failed. I'd be going, yeah, well, at least I passed. You right, know? yeah. But these are kids, they, they, they don't show the kid getting, I think I got 273 back then in the different system. They don't show the kids getting these marks, mm. you know, the, but do you know the battlers. They, the battlers, but they do you know show what? The, that, the geniuses. That, but that, but but if you got a million your whole life for stuff, you're never going to have that origin story that everybody wants, which is, you know, he dropped out of school and he got kicked out of uni and he was working on it for a dollar a year in a factory making poo and stuff, and then uh, whatever, mm. like worst case scenario, and then he invented. The telephone or whatever the thing was, you know, like there's always – your battler made good well, it makes for is a, better a good story. story. Yeah, it does, certainly does make for a better story, but – All you got to do, Stu – I'm running out of time. <laughs> when does the story start or do I have an ending? Stupid. And it is that time again here at Stupidly Small – to welcome back one of our faves, Kaz Cook, with uh, what's the segment called again, Kaz? Do drop in. Oh, do drop in. Where we have a cup of tea and a we biscuit. Do. What did you bring in this week, uh, biscuit wise? Well, look, I like a TikTok. I I mm. love. I, I don't know why, because I think that the icing 
although pastely pretty, actually does taste like some kind of chemical accident. <laughs> it but does. Um, it does anyway, a bit. sorry, I'll be it's I'll definitely... go back on Mike. I've been I've been munching but I like the yellow mm. even though it tastes no different from the pink. <laughs> I know. I like the pink even though it tastes no different. And I do think it's mostly an appearance thing. Yes, and it's 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 not very useful if you have to be somewhere to check on the biscuit. <laughs> no, what time it is? I have discovered. Uh, but I'm glad I've dropped in. I've got another treasure to share with you today mm. from the uh, the archives of the State Library, where, as you know, I am living uh, under the stairs in a mop cupboard. <laughs> and they still haven't discovered you. This is no. good news. Well, that's right. No one's noticed that. No one's that onto you yet. My security pass has a picture of Josh Earl on it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, what have you uh, discovered today that well, you're going to tell us about? I am shamelessly, Lauren and Stu, plugging uh, the exhibition that I've put together, uh, which is called Raymond and Regalia, What Have You Come As? Uh, in other words, what do people wear to say who they are or what they belong to or, you know, what tribe they're from? Because people do do that, don't they? They yes. dress – like there's a guy in St Kilda who just walks down the street speaking to himself and so on, but he mm. is dressed in the most amazing – So he's in banking, is he? He's <laughs> on the mobile. <laughs> he is dressed immaculately at the time he was obviously most happy with himself, which was probably oh. in the 70s or something, yeah. but he just looks amazing for that era. Mm. And he stayed there. Yeah. So this is is this the kind of thing that's we're the talking kind about? of like thing identity and, and official to... stuff. So not right. so much um, military, but other official, you know, like badges. So one of the things I've got is uh, a, a big photo, like life size photo of a woman from about 1900 and of a man from about 1900, and I have covered their well their bodice area, mm. Lauren and Stew, if I can call it <laughs> chesticular area, uh, with the, the badges, the activist and political badges for, uh, that are kept in the collection of the State Library. For example, a very large Liberal Party rosette. We'll be seeing more of those, mm. um, I think, soon. And uh, another badge that says, don't blame me, I voted Labor. Uh, there's, we're not all straight in the Garden State. Uh, one of my favourites is Women Against Nazis. Now, you wouldn't have thought that was something you needed to pop in on a badge. <laughs> that they would be some, women, being a woman against Nazis was something, you know, you'd, you'd take as red, so to speak. I'm noticing a bit of a theme, actually. Aside from the Nazi badge, are they pretty, pretty much state-based because they are part of the State Library collection? Well, they're, no, they're mm. just, it's just stuff that people want to donate. So there's union badges, there's one that says Commie Dyke, okay. which is also fairly explicit. You've still got that, uh, you've got new ones there as well. I noticed the Rhino Tram uh, yes. promotion. And, and that's there. there, there a few of the, um, the badges are self-explanatory, but some of them need explanation. Like most people know the red ribbon is about AIDS awareness, but there's a teal ribbon, there's a white ribbon. Um, there's a beautiful medal uh, from the 1920s that a, a, a volunteer electrician worked on building the Church Street Bridge across the Yarra. Huh. And they gave out these beautiful medals that you can wear on a ribbon. Uh, and there's also an eight-hour day uh, medal, which there's was a... given to people who fought for the, the, you know, the workers' eight-hour day. There's a yes in a picture yeah. in a map of Australia. Is that for... Indigenous, it, what's that for? Tell no, what it's, for. I mean, that stuff is older than you think. Like, really? there's a yes and there's a no badge. Yeah. And the no was for six o'clock closing. So, say no to six o'clock uh, closing and have a 10 o'clock closing so you can order grog until 10 o'clock. And then the yes is actually from 1914 and it's for conscription. 
Oh, you're kidding. So, you know, yeah. So um, a lot of the history has been lost. And there's another badge which I just looked at for ages and thought, what is that badge? And it's an orange circle and it's got lots and lots of white skinny Vs arranged in a circle. And it's, it's, it was a Vietnam moratorium badge. So in the 1970s, everybody who saw that badge would know that meant you were against the Vietnam War. And the V stood for Vietnam and the colours, or the, the well, it was a dark orange red and the white, and there, there was a blue circle around the outside, was the colours of the Vietnamese flag at the time. But now, and the Yes badge, completely lost to us, unless you actually do a little bit of research or, you know, I've stuck a label on for the, for the exhibition at the moment. So that's up on the fifth floor of the library. Um, are they all metal uh, uh, cloth badges? I noticed maybe one there, but are there many cloth badges in there or are they no, sort of a bit more the, rare? It's funny that cloth badges or rosettes were pretty big and the suffragettes always had sashes. And that's another thing in the, in the exhibition actually is that evolution of the sash that originally was a, a sword holder and then became, you know, like you would be awarded for being the fattest cow or the prettiest oh. girl. <laughs> Don't that, get them mixed up. Is that where the sash... Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and then and then, do you remember at school that sometimes they would sort of hand you a, a, a ribbon that was tied together at one end or sewn together at one end, and you'd, th- you'd put that on, sort of across your body like a sash to say I'm on the other netball team or I'm on the other footy oh, team. Oh right. And that's those sashes then became a permanent part of the Richmond and the Essendon jumpers, and that's why they've got huh. the that mm. diagonal stripe across them. Oh, I've got a million stories. <laughs> Well, we hope you come back again for a cup of tea to share them. Uh, do you know who came first, Richmond or Essendon? <laughs> In what? I was, oh. <laughs> I was just going to say there's a, specially, a, a personal interest in the room in and that story. By and the way, next time I come, can we not have this herbal tea? Yes, uh, Lauren. What? Honestly, I think it's grass clippings. Oh, this come on. One. All right, next time we're going to what? What? No, Kaz, you're welcome any time with this sort of commentary because it's usually me getting in trouble with those. Neither of you is welcome ever again. Get out. And with that, the end of the Do Drop In segment (laughs) with the wonderful Kaz Cook. Thank you, Kaz. We will speak to you again soon. Very good. Stupid. Well, I'm full of the state school anyway. Speaking of results, thank you, Kaz, for bringing in those biscuits. Uh, it's a bit odd eating biscuits this time of the morning, but it's... Is it? It's Yeah, well, yeah. Good if, time to eat biscuits. I got here and you fed me chocolate and now I'm eating biscuits from Kaz. Anyway. Yes. Do you like organic biscuits? You know I do. Well, <laughs> why don't you head down to Series Organic Market and uh, Cafe and Grocery? You yes. know why? Why? Because they're the best. And they're this week's uh, stupidly small podcast sponsor... We can't survive without our sponsors. Now, let me give you some details, Lauren. You gave a first-hand account yesterday mm-hmm. of what you love about it. I'll tell you from my heart what I love about it. Yeah. It's open seven days a week with live local musicians playing every Wednesday, Saturday and Sunday mornings. Okay? Specialising in organic, local fresh produce, bulk foods and non-toxic cleaning products. Now, I, I, I'm calling to account non-toxic cleaning products here. Uh, that to me is what sugar and water pointless. Stu, we've mm-hmm. had this argument many times. If you want something to clean the dunny, you want it being toxic. You want to have rubber gloves on, goggles, and a mask. What are you doing in your toilet? <laughs> Doesn't matter what I'm doing in there. I want it toxic. 
Anyway, they continue. That yes, please. Look for more info on our special events and band listings. Go to series c e r e s dot org dot au or head to the uh, Facebook page Series Market Shop. And the good news about them being a sponsor this week, yes, is if you want to head down there and have a look around, yep. purchase some stuff, or don't up yep. to you. Uh, if you mention that you're a stupidly small podcast listener, they'll give you an, a ten percent discount. It's pretty good. Uh, it's very good. Yeah. So if you go down and buy 25 bucks worth of stuff, get your discount, go and buy coffee. Beautiful. Pet the chickens. Yeah. Have a smell of the non-toxic cleaning products. Okay, what's this going to clean? But it doesn't matter. I, no, you can't shake your head at me. Why not? I use I'm, them. I am pro-toxins. I know. I am, I am a part of the pro-toxin Pro-pesticide yeah. is what you are. Well, I don't know about pro-pesticide. Well, then you need to revisit your position, my friend. Well, Snookered. No, 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 not snookered. It depends how you want to uh, use your pesticides, but that's for another show, right? Because pesticides aren't necessarily pesty. Now, oh. also, you can find them down at the corner of Roberts and Stewart Street, East Brunswick, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, you got a uh, little bit of info for us? I do indeed. Uh, it, of course, is uh, ti- it's what would you call it? Titbit time? Yes, always. It's so daggy. Anyway, uh, basically, I found something on the internet and I thought I'd tell you about it. Okay, well, that's a tidbit. (laughs) Did you know that there is floating in space a kitchen chair? Uh, Who who dumped that? Which uh, country? It's such. There's such a great photo of it online. Mm. Um, Can I just before you go on? Yeah. Is there anything that could be floating in space? Yeah. That gets photographed with the Earth as its background. That's not going to look great. Like you could have no. the aforementioned no. waste product or Absolutely. a rock or whatever. Yeah. It's always going to look good, isn't it? Waste product. But look at the view. <laughs> <laughs> look at the silhouette. Holy well, this was, uh, this was an art project. And it basically it's an attached a domestic chair attached to a weather balloon uh, and launched into space. Was it like the Anti-Environmental Arts Association? Let's just send <laughs> junk into space. No, but that's the thing about art. It can be a comment on something, oh, can't it? Anyway. Yeah, all, that's the thing about art. It's true. It can do what it likes. It's true. Okay. Um, all you need to say is it's abstract. You don't understand it. And people go, oh, no, no, I, I now oh, no, see. I do. Yes. I do. No, I see. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly good. Uh, anyway, I've, I'm going to put a photo of it up because I reckon it's pretty good. Right. As you say, it could be a picture of a mm, – but it's uh, – with that view, Floating it's pretty chair. lovely. Uh, guess what it's time for now? <sighs> Stupidly bins. Stupidly yes. bins. Now, Tuesday, oh. Viewbank. It is bin night in Viewbank. Uh, it is bin night in parts of Northcote and parts of Reservoir, Reservoir oh. and Reservoir. I don't oh. know. And uh, it's also been night in Castlemaine. So please. Ooh, branching out of the metro Melbourne area. That's good. But you know what we haven't had? What? Any overseas bin nights. I mean, do they even have bin nights overseas? Like, if you're in New York, you just throw it out the window. So that's going to be hard. But <laughs> we've got European listeners. Surely you can tell us what night your bin's going But the other thing is, it doesn't need to be bin night. It could be like, please remind me to take my, you know, blah, blah medication on Wednesday. I don't know. Whatever you want. It's going to get complicated. You need. <laughs> To be reminded. Look, it's not gonna, it might not last forever. It's only if it's going to be of any use to you because you guys are, are the point and you've been telling me uh, some very interesting things about Bin Night. I'm embroiled in many debates regarding 
sections of I've various suburbs. I've washed my hands suburbs. that one with some non-toxic hand wash, i tell you that much. Now, <laughs> don't forget you can find us at stupidlysmall.com and sign up to the mailing list because uh, Loz is about to send out yet another fantabulous read today, just updating <laughs> you up with everything. Until next time, uh, Lauren Clark, take care. Oh, bye-bye.